You are listening to Painting Pictures. My name is Gabriel Roberts, and my body processes gluten just fine. Welcome. Welcome to Painting Pictures. How's your posture? Be be honest with yourself. If you need to, take a minute. Kind of shrug your shoulders up to your ears. Sit up nice and straight and then roll those shoulders down and back. You feel that? You feel the extension in the upper portion of your spine? You might have to sit a little farther forward in your chair. You might have to adjust your desk a little bit. You know? Might have to put some warmer socks on. Maybe your feet are cold. I don't know. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, my name is Gabriel Roberts, and as I said, my body does a pretty good job at uh, processing gluten. Something I realized today when I had a uh, a toasted peanut butter jelly sandwich for breakfast. It's like a combination between a nice piece of peanut butter toast with jam and the the PBJ. You, you toast the bread, you butter both sides, and you put peanut butter on one, jam on the other, put it together. It's a good breakfast. That and a cup of tea. And then for lunch, I had another two pieces of bread. Um, this time they enclosed a mound of sliced sweet potato that I baked last night, some cheese and some mescaline. Not mescaline, okay? All right, not mescaline. I am an artist, but I don't have access to mescaline. Mescaline, M-E-S-C-L-U-N. Mescaline I, I bought for $4 at the store yesterday, a bag of it, and I put some of that on my sandwich with a little bit of hummus and some salad dressing, and it was good, and my body feels fine. Okay, just fine with all that gluten. I know all y'all are freaking out about gluten these days, but I just want to let you know, I just want to rub it in your face. If you can't eat gluten without getting all inflamed and sore and shit, <laughs> I feel pretty good. I don't really, I mean, it's not like, four pieces of bread is, is unusual for a day, but I'm in a new place. Uh, I don't have my mom and my sister and my dad cooking food for me, so I'm going to probably eat a little bit more toast than usual. I'm in Paonia, Colorado, friends, a small town in the western slope region of Colorado. I also have a pop screen. Pop screen. Do you hear that? Do you hear me popping? Popping and locking? Popping and lopping, more like it. I can say P's all I want. P's and B's and V's. 
Well, V's don't really activate the pop. But no more pop in your ears. Huh? You like that? I did that for you. I did that for you. And me, because I listen to this podcast, too. That's right. Paonia, Colorado. Uh, It's a small town, as I was saying, in the western portion of Colorado. And I'm here at an artist residency. It's not art camp. All right? You can call it art camp if you want, but you'd be wrong. Uh, This is a residency. And here... The artist is king. I have no responsibilities. I have a uh, tiny little house that's called the Gingerbread House. It's off the in the backyard of this very cool property um, called Elsewhere Studios. It's been around, I don't know how long. I didn't do a whole lot of research, to be honest. But what I want to tell you is that I'm here for a month. Um, I'm painting a lot. And... It's awesome, and Colorado is so beautiful. People, friends, folks, Colorado, have you been to Colorado? (gasps) My God, is it beautiful. I know California's great, all right? I'm from California. Well, I I grew up in California. I love California. I think Sacramento is beautiful. I think the Bay Area is exciting. I think that the Sierra Nevadas look dramatic off in the distance and Lake Tahoe, obviously world-class Yosemite. These places are beautiful, but I'm sorry, California. Colorado's got you beat. They got you beat. And I've only seen a little bit of the state. It's, it's incredible. I don't know why anybody lives in, I mean, other places. I don't know that I'm going to move here, but Jesus Christ, it's fucking beautiful. The colors, have you seen the colors? It's called Colorado, Colorado. (laughs) It's called Colorado because it's so damn colorful. The mountains, oh boy. I mean, don't get me started. The Rocky Mountains, they are like no others. You got, they're purple. They're purple. They're gigantic. Uh, There's not just like a few of them. There's tons of them and they're everywhere. And you can look up and see them against the the purpley blue sky there's horses okay folks horses everywhere grazing in beautiful green pastures the landscape is hilly it has streams streams and roaring roiling brown muddy rivers which look awesome the water is delicious the wildflowers were in June, and they are plentiful and beautiful and varied, and I'm really happy to be here. I'm really happy to be here. Um, it's a nice change of pace. It's still, I still, it, it hasn't really sunk in quite yet, like where I am, even though I've spent most of my time like walking around and just trying to look at things. I'm still spending a lot of time thinking about things like my website, how I'm going to update my website, <laughs> you know, and what's next and all that shite I'm trying to absorb this scenery. Let me just give you a little lowdown. Um, the town, Oh, colorful. The, 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 the sign when you, the, 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 the sign when you drive into Colorado says, welcome to colorful Colorado. You know what Colorado means in Spanish? It means colorful. <laughs> That's like, um, well, it's like a lot of things. It's like El Camino Street or El Camino Road, the road road. Colorful Colorado means colorful, colorful. But hey, it is. It is really colorful. So I'm in Paonia. 
it's a tiny little town. I couldn't tell you the population, but it's small. You can walk across it in about 20 minutes. But in this tiny town, there is a little bit of everything. There is an ice cream shop, a pizzeria, a Mexican restaurant, uh, four banks, none of which you would recognize the name of, a community-owned movie theater, a community-supported art library, which functions basically by members paying $20 a month. Uh, for your $20 a month, you can check out a piece of original art whenever you want. And the art is uh, a selection from local artists that have sort of loaned it to the library. Half of your money goes to administration for organizing the art library. The other $10 goes into a fund that accrues, and um, it's your own little savings account for eventually buying a piece of art. Genius. Genius. There's a yoga studio. There's another place where instructors can rent out to teach classes like Zumba or Tai Chi or you get the idea. Um what else? A radio station. There's a radio station. There's a grocery store. There's a meat market that just has like local meats. There are numerous cafes. There are four art galleries. Of course, I haven't been in any of them because I don't, I don't go to art galleries. Uh, everything you need, guys. Everything you need. Nothing you don't. There's a library, post office. The one like corporate place is a subway. <laughs> which I think is kind of interesting. Um, so a tiny little town, and yet it has all the a community garden, of course, a natural foods co-op, numerous organic farms in the vicinity um, that all do CSA programs and deliver vegetables if you want. Kind of got it going on here. Kind of got it going on. Everything you need, nothing you don't. That's going to be their new theme once I get down to city hall oh police station there's a police station that is also the town hall and there's as far as i can tell one police officer who just kind of takes laps around the town in his car but like no one locks their doors it's a really nice police presence you don't feel threatened or intimidated or it's just like oh hey it's like the police officer and everyone probably knows his name i know small town life isn't for everybody i don't know if it's for me it feels too good to be true it feels too good to be true i feel like i love it and there's everything that i could possibly say that i want here but somehow i feel like i need to be involved in something more because i've been exposed to more you know like the great city of san francisco so i don't know try not to make any bold plans at this point just enjoying myself um there are a couple other resident artists are really cool um and uh that's that's all i need to tell you about that i feel like this is a good place to use a joke about colorado it's not a joke about colorado but this is a appropriate place to wear hemp pants the other day i saw in an rei ad maybe it was an rei it was some outdoorsy thing a pair of hemp pants. They were at least $50. And you know how catalogs have these genius little descriptions? Well, the description for these hemp pants was yoga, 
bouldering coffee. That just about covers it, don't you think? I mean, what else do people in Colorado do? They go to yoga. They go bouldering, of course. Not rock climbing. That's a little too intense. You might need shorts, but just some light bouldering. Some light bouldering in the afternoon. And then, of course, some nice craft coffee. Speaking of craft, there's also a wooey, a wooey here in town, which I have yet to sample, but I'm headed there tomorrow night, I hope, uh, to try some of the local award-winning beer. Uh, there's live music seemingly five nights a week at various venues around town. So, great place. If you're ever in western Colorado, I recommend visiting Paonia. Today's episode is brought to you by the state of Nevada. Nevada, all the bulls you want. That's about all I need to say. Um, This podcast is just a little solo hodgepodge for you. The website is GabeRobertsArt.com and the email address, if you have any questions for me, is GabeRobertsArt at gmail.com. Have a wonderful week, folks, and enjoy the podcast. Bienvenidos a Nevada, donde tenemos muchos toros. Sí, en Nevada te puedes encontrar con cinco, seis, siete u ocho toros en un día. También tenemos mucho tierra libre. Con arena y toros. Pues vengate a Nevada, donde los niños comen gratis todos los miércoles. The drive over from California to Colorado was quite a drive. I took Highway 80 to Reno, Nevada, and from there I took America's Loneliest Road, which is Highway 50. It goes from Reno across Nevada and across Utah. And there's not a lot of traffic, and there's a lot of wide open spaces. And it's very dramatic. Very dramatic. And it made me freak out a little bit about just my car, and everything was fine. Susie was an absolute champion. Pulled me across the desert with no problem. But what the hell, man? If your car breaks down, holy shit. You're in deep trouble. These spaces are huge. This is unbelievable grandiosity and spaciousness. There's one point on the um, Nevada Drive coming out of Reno where you see... Uh, a mountain range or sort of a hill range and a gap and a tongue of desert sand pouring out like reaching across over the mountains and stretching out into the valley just this huge mound of dunes and that's kind of scary to think that there's like this huge desert and it's like stretching and poking across this range of hills to stretch down into the valley. Kind of grim, really. I mean, once you get to Colorado, you wonder why anybody lives in Nevada or even Utah. 
but it was worth seeing. And of course there are beautiful places. Uh, I camped the first night in Great Basin National Park, which is just on the eastern edge of Nevada. And I'd been driving for, gosh, nine hours or so. And I found a campsite. And I got to the campsite about five o'clock. And I, the first thought I had after I finally chose my campsite, which of course I'm very picky, and I actually I went through a whole loop and then back down to the road and out to another loop to find because I wanted a little bit of privacy and I found a spot and decided on it and filled out the little slip and then of course second guessed it the whole time but anyway I I did choose a campsite finally and after I park and um, get out of the car the first thought I have there's a little stream that runs nearby the campsite and that's why I chose the campsite first thought I have is what I really ought to do Gabe instead of futzing around trying to set up your tent and everything right now you've just been driving for nine and a half hours take your book or not your book just your bottle of water and go and sit your butt down by the stream and just sit there for like a few minutes but instead I start futzing around and I start by um who knows what the hell I'm doing I'm like I'm pouring water from one water bottle into another water bottle I'm thinking about dinner already you know what am I am I going to make the soup or I'm not going to make the soup uh then I of course I stretch out the tarp and I'm I'm examining the um ground where I'm going to put the tent and actually, before I put the tarp out, I start prepping the ground. I don't have a shovel. I have a tiny little hammer, and I'm going through the dirt, bent over, um, pulling out rocks because I'm going to lay my tent down there, and I really want to sleep well. And the whole time, I'm thinking, Gabe, you really ought to just go and sit down by the creek. Like You've driven all this way. You have plenty of time. Just take a breath. Take a minute. But no, I spend about an hour just farting around, setting shit up, and maybe an hour and a half. And I'm literally, I'm like going through with my tiny little hammer, excavating stones and tossing them to the side, stirring up a cloud of dust, prepping my little sleeping pad area, then laying out the tarp, staking the tarp down because it's kind of windy, laying out the tent, setting up the tent, putting the rain fly on, staking down the tent, Getting out all of my camping gear, um, thinking about if I should go to the bathroom or if I should just pee right there, thinking about the water, if I've got enough water, the water has to be boiled for five minutes. Um, like organizing organizing my car, you know, considering like, oh, should, I, should the um, camping crate go over there and should I move that thing down off the art cart and put it there? Should I put the second seat down? Folding clothes. Uh, shaking out my napkin from the front seat and folding it neatly. I, if someone had been with me, <laughs> I would have driven them insane. Absolutely insane. And I hope whoever it was would have just gone and sat down by the creek and ignored me or given me a good smack across the buns. 
because that's what I prefer, um, and told me to <laughs> sit down and read. And the funny thing is that the entire time I am self-aware. I'm aware of what I'm doing. I'm aware of how insane I am that after driving for nine and a half hours, I spend an hour and a half setting up tent when I, or a campsite that I'm only going to stay at for enough time to go to sleep and get up in the morning and get right back on the road. Madness. Madness. But I observed it and who knows, maybe next time I'll get down to the water sooner. En Nevada, te vamos a presentar con un nuevo Ford F-150. No importa el trabajo o el estatus inmigratoria, te garantizamos un préstamo. Vengate y ponte en el nuevo Ford F-150 que es más grande y tiene más cosas. Te vas a sentir superior en tu nuevo Ford F-150 Super Premium Coche. This is a reenactment of a moment that occurred frequently during my drive across the great state of Utah. This is me singing along to some music on my stereo. See the show tonight and there's a line on Heavy ah! Heavy glow By the way I tried to say Ah! Jesus! That was me freaking out at birds Little daredevil birds That flew in front of my car like insane suicidal maniacs and i don't think i ever, i'm pretty sure i didn't hit one but my god they came close and i freaked the hell out so many times not only from the birds but also from also also from these gosers these tiny little gosers i think they were gophers they looked like skinny chipmunks and they would stand up on their hind legs with their paws up and like stare at the car. And they would of course do the thing where they cross and then they stop in the middle of the road and try to make up their mind what to do. I tried honking at them. It had no effect. And here's why these creatures have no regard for life and no sense. I guess their panic reflex is to freeze. And they would freeze like inches from this giant hurtling mass of metal. That is me in my car. On their hind legs, two inches away from where the tires come roaring past. Just standing there, frozen, staring at the car. These things are like three inches tall. Oh, they really gave me some scares. Pues vente a Nevada y te vamos a presentar con varios toros. Uno que es de Irlandia y se llama Mike. Otro toro que no es toro. Sí, este toro no es toro. Es una prostituta. Y se llama Flores. Es de Tailandia. Y te presenta con una experiencia super nueva. Nevada. Todos los toros que quieras. If you are listening to this podcast right now, 
Not if you are listening to this podcast right now. You obviously are listening to this podcast right now. If you are in the car and you are driving through the state of Utah and you're approaching the eastern edge and you're going through those spectacular rocks, spectacular rocks all around you, turn the podcast off right now. Turn it off. That goes for anybody that is cruising through some spectacular, never-before-seen scenery. Turn this fucking podcast off. You can listen to it when you get to a boring part of the drive. This message is brought to you by me wanting you to appreciate the spectacular scenery you're seeing and knowing that listening to a podcast is not the way to do it because your mind is trying to follow me rambling and it doesn't help. So music. Music is what you want to be listening to for scenery, okay? Otherwise, you're going to just blow right through it, only partially absorbing it. Okay, so if you're in beautiful scenery, it's a pro tip. Turn this damn podcast off and put on some music. Music, pow, 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 something that bothers me and maybe it shouldn't an overly foamy cappuccino has this ever happened to you you go you order a cappuccino and what you get is a lot of foam i just looked up cappuccino and for any baristas out there please listen carefully cappuccino does not in fact mean mountain of foam in italian it actually refers to the hood of a friar, which doesn't really have anything to do with coffee. But I just want to repeat that. Cappuccino does not mean mountain of foam. When you get a cappuccino that is a mountain of foam, your coffee drinking experience comes in three parts. Part one. You tilt the cup and you open your mouth wide and you try to suck a little bit of the foam off the top of your drink. Part two, and this is the longest uh, portion of the coffee experience, you sip espresso out from underneath your giant wiggling mountain of foam that stays in place on the top of your drink. Part three, most of the espresso is gone and you swirl around and desperately try to mix together the foam and the espresso so you can drink what you're actually after in the first place, and you get that nice little sip at the end that's sweet and has foam and espresso. Part of the problem is that cappuccinos are often served in 12-ounce cups, and I think baristas feel obligated to fill up the cup. But that's not really what a cappuccino is all about. If I wanted a giant mountain of foam, I would say, hi, can you please make me a giant mountain of milk foam? Thanks. I actually wanted a cappuccino. And it doesn't have to be 12 ounces. You don't have to fill up the cup. You don't have to fill up the cup. That's what lattes are for. Yes, I am a coffee snob. But 
I think I have legitimate beef here. Ledge beef, you know, that ledge beef. So, baristas make some damn cappuccinos that are appropriately proportioned with a little bit of espresso and a little bit of steamed milk. You just, what you do is it's like a latte, except you use less milk and you steam the milk just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Who drinks, does anybody get a giant mountain of foam and be like, yes, this is what I wanted? Who orders this cappuccinos and expects that? And people that, that, don't know anything about coffee and just want to say the word cappuccino? Perhaps. Anyway, that's what bothers me. These are the things that bother me. These are the things that bother me. Maybe they shouldn't. Maybe they shouldn't. But these are the things. There's a cat that lives here at the Elsewhere Studios, and his name is Tomatoes. That's right. Not one tomato, but plural tomatoes. I call him Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Tomato the gato. Gato is caught. Gato is caught in Spanish. So you could call him Gato the Cato. Uh, uh, tomato. Tomato the Gato. Anyway, tomato is orange, and apparently, orange cats are super affectionate. I don't know if anybody else knew that. I heard that. Uh, I haven't confirmed it, but I can tell you one thing. This guy is affectionate. He, I met him yesterday, uh, the day I arrived at Elsewhere Studios. Check that, day before yesterday, Sunday the 1st. And I met Tomato, and he came right up, up to me, and... Um, he let me pet him, and then about an hour later, I sat down in the chair out behind my tiny little gingerbread house, and he came up, and he jumped right up into my lap, and he took about two seconds to make himself extremely, extremely comfortable, laying, stretching all the way out on my lap, and I said, okay, you're that kind of cat, are you? And I said, that's great, because I'm an affectionate fella. I like affectionate cats. That's cool. I pet him. I read. I tried to train him then because I was ready to get up, and I said, tomato, down. Down. Tomato, get down. Tomato, get down. Down. Down, cat. And he just sort of stretched there looking at me until finally I had to pick him up and toss him down. Well, then... Later that evening, I was getting ready to go to bed, and Tomato, it was dark outside, I opened my door to go into the gingerbread house, and Tomato ran right inside. And I immediately decided I didn't want him in there. And I can't tell you why I felt that so strongly, but I didn't question it. I said, no, out. Get out. Tomato, out. I opened the door and I like clapped my hands at him and he he went out. He he went out, but not very happily. So that was our first day and uh that night I spoke to one of the other residents here and told him that I 
had told Tomato he couldn't come in to my house. And apparently Tomato, the, the previous occupant of the gingerbread house was was a, a woman who was very fond of Tomato and had like special treats for him all the time. And this is where he slept. But I, you know, I just got here. I just met this cat. Um, I feel like I want to preserve my privacy a little bit. And a cat, you know, they're great, but he'd be all up in my stuff. There'd be cat hair everywhere. Um, you know, maybe sometime down the road on a cool evening, you know, I'll let him come in for a little bit and I'll make a fire and we can hang out. But like right off the bat, he was just like ready to just go all the way, you know, like across all boundaries. And um, I just I want to take it a little slower. Well, that was day one. And then day two evening, I'm sitting out in the back and Tomato walks up. And I say, hello, Tomato. And he walks right past me. Yeah. So that's where we're at now. That is where we're at now. Uh, you know, what can I say? I didn't let him into my house. So sue me. Cat, uh, if he wants to be bitter about it and not talk, it's not like I've abused him or hit him or been mean to him. I just set up a, a new boundary and he's... He's taking a little while to adjust, but he is a good cat. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, it's just, it's like a cat, cats, what is it about cats? This cat um, thinks he owns the place and there are no boundaries. He gets up on the kitchen counter and like walks around and like I'm cutting a grapefruit this morning and the cat walks up on the counter and pokes his little nose like right in towards the grapefruit. I said, no, no tomato. And I pushed him away. Not near my food, I said. So he goes a couple feet away and then like just makes sure that I'm not going to force him off the counter. And then really shows me that he is at home and comfortable and the king of the castle by stretching out on the countertop. He walks back and forth. There's a couple of hanging plants over the counter and he like rubs himself on the plants. I don't know. I guess he's just a little too, uh, uh, um, just a little too much. This cat's a little too much for me. Okay. I don't want the cat on the countertop. Um, and it's like, it's kind of sick how he's like constantly pleasuring himself, you know? Is anyone else weirded out when cats are like constantly rubbing themselves up against things and rubbing themselves up against your legs? And it's like they can't go two seconds without being like rubbed and stimulated. <laughs> Grosses me out a little bit, guys. Grosses me out a little bit. But hey, that's how that's who Tomato is, you know. I think it's the kind of thing that you get used to some affection and then you get used to more affection and you just can't go back. And you can't go back and you can't tolerate an existence where you're not being pet and coddled and loved and um, touched all the time. All right, chaps and chapeeses, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening.
If you like the podcast, you can give us a big hand by visiting the support page at GabeRobertsArt.com. There you can find a link to view the podcast in iTunes, and there you can leave a rating and write a review. Thanks very much. This is a cover of a cake song. You know how much I love cake. Uh, This song is called End of the Movie, I do believe. People you love will turn their backs on you. You'll lose your hair, your teeth. Your knife will fall out of its sheath But you still don't like to leave For the end of the movie People you hate Will get their hooks into you They'll pull you down You'll frown They'll tar you and drag you through town But you still don't like to for the end of the movie